Reb Arya Leib, known as the Shpolozede, spent seven years wandering around from town to town and from village to village before he became well-known as a tzaddik and a balmoifis. He endured great hardships. He lived in deep poverty, Loyalenu. This was a way of both cleansing his neshama and also to meet the Jews in these small towns and villages to see if he could be of any help to them, Begashmius. He sought out Jews that were in trouble and did anything possible to help them. Once, he came to a certain shtetl. He went to the Kretschma, but found that it was closed and locked. He asked a neighbor what had happened. The neighbor told him that the Jewish Kretschma had been thrown into a dungeon by the Puritz for not being able to pay the rent. When Reb Aryeleib learned that there was another Jewish family living in that shtetl, he went to that house to find out more details. When he reached the Jew's house, he knocked on the door. It was answered by a yid named Shmuel, who called him in and received him very warmly. When Rabbi Aryeleib saw that there were a lot of children there, he suggested to Shmuel that if he was allowed to stay there for a few weeks, he would give the children lessons in Taita in return for room and board, and Shmuel was delighted to accept this offer. Having settled this question, Reb Aryeleib began to ask his host about the poor innkeeper. He learned that the Parrots did not necessarily like Jews, but as long as the Kretschmer paid his rent on time, the Parrots didn't make trouble. But as soon as the poor Kretschmer was behind with his payments, the Parrots seized him and threw him into prison. He closed the inn and threw the man's wife and children out into the street, telling the wife that he would hold her husband in prison until all of the debt was paid in full. Rachmanelitzlan, said Shmuel with a big sigh. Do you know how much the innkeeper owes the parrots? asked Reb Arileib. I don't, but I think it's probably a pretty high number. Do you know if there are other Jews around here who could help out with a loan? No, there are very few Jews who live here, and most of them are very poor, Loyalenu. And as if that was not enough trouble, added Shmuel, the parrots' birthday is coming up. Parts's birthday? said Rebar Yeleb. What does that have to do with the poor Kretschmer? Well, it's like this, answered Shmuel. The Parrots arranges a big party every year for his birthday. He invites his friends, the other Parrots's and estate owners from near and far. And the main entertainment at the party is called the Bear Dance. The Parrots forces one of his Jewish innkeepers to get into a bear costume. The bear is then led into a big room on a leash, and the host, the parrots, challenges his guests that one of them should step forward and enter into a contest with the bear. When one of the guests accepts the challenge, the music begins to play, and the bear and the challenger begin to dance. Every dance has special music and special steps and movements. Now, the bear has to follow his dancing partner like a shadow, the music changes quickly from one dance to another, and the dances must follow quickly. If the bear is successful, he receives loud applause. The guests give him gifts, and he's sent home. 
But if he is unlucky and not able to give a good performance, he is rewarded with a beating and other humiliating punishments to the amusement of the guests. And, should the bear win, continued Shmuel, the bear can demand a prize. I see, said Reb Aryeleb. So our poor Kretschmer is going to be the dancing bear at the birthday party. Do you know if he's ever danced the bear dance before? Yes, he has. He's the one who told me all about it. I see, and how well did he do? Well, he didn't win, said Shmuel, but neither did he fail so badly as to get a beating. Reb Aryeleb sat there imagining that the innkeeper who had already suffered for several weeks of harsh imprisonment will be in no condition to win the bear dance contest. So he asked Shmuel, What about you? Could you dance the bear dance? Chasva shalom, said the villager. I'm not such a bad dancer, but only on Simchas and at a chasana. No, no, please, I can't imagine dancing with or for those wild Polish nobles. So Reb Aryeleb fell silent again. Then he asked the villager Shmuel, Where is the innkeeper kept? There is a barn on the Paritz's estate that has an underground cellar for storing fruits and vegetables. It has a roof with iron bars across and a trapdoor that opens on a wooden staircase. Hmm, well, we will have to find a way to help this poor Kretschmer, said Aryeleb. So Rebar Yeleb stayed for several days at the home of Shmuel, comfortably settled in a private room where he could daven and learn and teach the children every day. Shmuel was so happy with the arrangement, he even joined in the class and would listen to the shiurim. At night, when his family was asleep, he would listen outside Rebar Yeleb's door to hear his tefillos saying tilim or learning gemara. A few nights before the birthday party, Shmuel was listening outside the Reb Aryeleb's door when he could hear what sounded like a violin. Is he dreaming? No, I, I think I can hear a kazatska. And now, is that a mazurka? And a polka? To top it all off, he could hear footsteps like somebody was dancing in there. The next morning, Reb Aryeleb showed no sign that anything unusual had happened the night before, and Shmuel certainly had no courage enough to ask the rabbi what might have taken place. He might have been dreaming. But this dream was repeated that night, and then the third night. The following morning, it was the day before the birthday party, and Reb Aryeleb asked Shmuel for a long, strong rope. Tonight, with help from Hashem, we are going to carry out the mitzvah of Pidyon Shavuyim, he told Shmuel. Just before midnight, Two of them crept into the courtyard of the Poritz. The Poritz's mansion was all lit up. The sounds of music mixed with the voices of drunken guests could be heard. But in the courtyard, it was quiet and dark. So Shmuel led Reb Aryeleb to the barn and to the padlock trapdoor. He tied the long, strong rope to the iron bars, and he helped Reb Aryeleb lower himself through the opening. The innkeeper was startled. Reb Aryeleb reassured him, Shh! Make no sound. Ask no questions. Change clothes with me. There's no time to lose. So they exchanged clothes, and Reb Aryeleb helped the poor Kretschmer to climb up the rope, 
helped by Shmuel, up and out of the dungeon. Now, said the Reb Aryeh untie the rope, take it with you, and run to the village. So they did. The innkeeper and Shmuel had barely made their escape in the darkness when the Reb Aryeh could hear approaching footsteps. The Paretz's manager was carrying a lantern, accompanied by two servants. They came into the barn and they threw a bearskin down into the dungeon. Put on the costume, said the manager. Once the costume was on, they made the bear climb up the staircase, and they took him into the large noisy hall where the Potitz and his guests were waiting. My friends, declared the Potitz, if the bear will give us a good performance and truly entertain you, my noble guests, I will reward him by giving him his freedom. If you are disappointed by his performance, this Jew will receive twenty lashes on his bare skin, and he will then be thrown to the dogs to teach him how to dance. And of course, added the parrots, if the bear wins the contest, he will have the right to demand a special prize, whatever his heart should desire. You, my friends, will be the judge, as to who will be declared the winner. Then the parrots asked, who amongst the guests? would like to volunteer to be in the contest. A young Poritz, the best dancer in the district, stepped forward. He was confident despite all of the mashka that he had been drinking that evening. Everyone clapped as the young nobleman and the bear faced off as the musicians struck up a kazatska. The young squire started dancing, but the bear followed him perfectly. The guests applauded them most enthusiastically. Now the musicians played a polka, and again the bear followed the young parrots perfectly. In fact, the young parrots was beginning to stumble, and the bear was beginning to outperform him. Now all of the applause was in favor of the bear, and when the musicians struck up the lively mazurka, the young parrots was hardly fit to lead. He made one false move after another, and each time he made a wrong step, the bear would give him a hard slap on his shoulder, which confused him even more. After a few such clops, the young parrot stumbled and fell to the ground. The bear jumped on top of him and pinned him there. Bravo, bravo, yelled the guests. The host of the party was quite embarrassed, and he went over to the bear sitting on top of the young parrot and said, Okay, let go of him. I release you from prison. It's not enough, replied the bear. And the guests began to chant, Not enough, not enough. Fine, so in addition to your freedom, I will cancel the debt that you owe me. It's not enough, your honor, said the bear. Not enough, not enough, chanted the guests. What else do you want? Have I not rewarded you enough already? Asked the parrots. For myself, your honor, the reward would be more than enough. But what do I get for all of my suffering in prison? And what about the suffering of my anxious wife and my weeping children? Fine, said the parrots. You can have the kretschma back, and you shall have it rent-free for two years. Is that enough? Agreed, answered the bear, getting up and helping the young parrots to his unsteady feet. To thunderous applause, the bear marched to the door where he threw off the bearskin and walked out. 
He went straight to the home of the villager Shmuel, where the grateful Kretschmer was waiting for him anxiously. Both he and Shmuel were happy to see that Reb Arya Leib was none the worse for the bear dance. He shared with them the wondrous news that the Potets had wiped out the debt and given him back the Kretschmer rent-free for two years. And then they all thanked HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the miraculous turn of events. Dawn was breaking when the Shpolazede got ready to leave. He took his bundle and he bade Shmuel and the Kretschmer to follow faithfully in the way of the Torah and Mitzvahs, and he wished them Hatzlacha Rabba. They walked with the Tzaddik to the edge of the village, just as the sun rose brightly, and they gave the Shpolazede a warm send-off on his way. <laughs>